0: My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Right here. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? yippee
1: Kay, motherfucker. It's
0: showtime.
1: Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Falks, my co-host, and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks.
2: Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the
1: bad movies of yesteryear.
2: Now, Chris, I believe we've got a special guest today, and what are we going to review?
1: Well, Dave, we have a special guest, and it's our good friend, Mr. Glyn Davis, who's uh, been following us for a long, long time, and he's asked us to do this film for ages, and Glynn's one of our amazing patrons. So, uh, with it being his pick, it was only right to get him on. So, welcome to the show, Glenn. Hello, you okay? Yeah, good to see. He- good to see you, mate. Good to good to hear from you as well. So, what are we reviewing <laughs> today, Glynn?
3: Uh, we're reviewing the, the. I think it's 1986
1: uh, classic, I uh, classic loosely uh, Iron Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it I, down. N- now that I have a
3: picture and I could
0: make you watch all four of them, technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. technically you're right there, Glenn. <laughs> but, um, I'll come to you first then, Glenn. So obviously you've picked this one. What do you remember about first watching this one?
3: I've just, I've watched it so many times as a kid. I mean, it's revisiting it as always. This is probably only the second time as, as like an adult but as a kid, I think it was probably on every week, I just I loved it, 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 it got me into the Queen, the One Vision song, that's probably my favourite song because of this film and all, all all the sort of songs in it are quite catchy, I'm, I'm not a big music fan but I do like the soundtrack of this movie
1: That's quite good though, because I, I didn't realise that Queen actually did this until I watched the trailer last week so that was quite a good one, and obviously they've done stuff like Highlander as well, so Um, Yeah, interesting. What about yourself, Dave? Yeah, they've
2: done all right, Queen, haven't they? I mean, you've got Highlander, you've got Flash. They've just got these iconic songs and movies, haven't they? Um, You know, I don't think I've watched this. I've always known about it, and it's bizarre that I haven't watched it, because I used to watch Top Gun a lot. I'm sure I've talked about it in the past. I was in the Air Cadets, so I was really geared up to go into the Royal Air Force until I realised I don't like authority, so that put put an end to that, but I was there for a good few years, and and so I was really into my planes and everything, and i just kind of, this one passed me by weirdly, so I I thought when I started watching it, like something would come back, but I'm pretty sure I've never watched this one. How about yourself, Chris?
1: Yeah, well, you know what, it's funny because I think that the VHS cover is really iconic, sort of in our wheelhouse, because they used to see it all the time at the video shop, but obviously I didn't like Top Gun and this, cause I knew it was the same. And I'd seen trailers for this loads of times when I've watched different movies, but I was sort of like, no, I don't fancy it. And I, I didn't understand the, the pretense of it. Cause I kept thinking it was just a Top Gun ripoff, which is difficult because it's the same year as well. It came out. So obviously it wasn't, it was just in production around the same time, but I just, it just never floated my boat. And, and I would say like, like I said, like we said just then, that that VHS cover of the two of them together, I and you could show me that without the writing, and I would say straight away it's Iron Eagle, without even seeing the movie. I know it sounds daft, and it's probably not iconic to a lot of people, but for people our age, you go in the video shop and you're looking for something, this was always there. So it was quite interesting to watch this, because, I mean, look, we've watched a lot of things. It's 36 years old. Is it going to age well? I don't know. Obviously, we'll talk about it, but... It didn't seem far from the realms of the stuff I used to like, why well, I didn't watch you, but I just didn't. So yeah, so I'm quite interesting today to talk about it, especially with it be <laughs> Glynn's pick, Glenn. And obviously, you know what day's <laughs> life is shitting on things, mate. I'll try and keep it down. <laughs> well, it, this
3: this was actually delayed because he didn't want to go head to head with Topham. Oh, was it? Yeah, and it's also, the, the other person you've got to argue with, Chris, if you don't like it, it's William Zabka's favourite film
2: as well. Oh, that's oh fucking wow. Johnny's coming after you. <laughs> Johnny's coming after Cobra Kai is featured
3: Cobra Kai
2: quite a bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. There, there's a few crossovers with um this, because there's, there's a few of the actors, isn't there?
1: Yeah, Rob Garrison.
2: Uh, yeah, well, one of the bad guys or bad boys in the in the background, uh, but he appeared on Cobra Kai. But it looks like Iron Eagle came out in January eighty six and Top Gun came out in May. So but I'd read somewhere that they basically rushed it through production so that they they would get out. So, you know, the amount of time it takes to get a, a film to the screen, there's some copying going on one way or the other, isn't there? It's just too much of a coincidence.
1: Yeah. yeah. But
3: when they fly the snake, do you know when they fly the snake at the start? The, yeah. The, race, but the guy who's flying the plane actually died in Top Gun in real life or something Oh, did he? Because he was filming the flat spin when Goose goes into a flat spin and the stuntman actually died filming it. He was the guy who was flying the sister
1: Yell. Some knowledge there, Glenn. Hell.
2: Well, on fun. that cheery note,
1: uh, <laughs> should we get into our trailer? Let's go.
0: Doug Masters. He's 18 years old, raised on an airbase. <laughs> Born to fly, living for the day he'll earn his wings. Suddenly, just when life was going great.
3: Doug, it's your dad. He's been shot down.
0: Hey, buddy. Bird. Davis, hey, it's okay.
2: Colonel, will you please just tell me what's going on?
0: Your country has been warned time. And time again. Because they claim a 200-mile limit. We only recognize 12. So when are they going in? Reparation is our due. Don't lie to me. Three days. In three days, they're going to hang him. When the Pentagon is helpless. We're doing all we can. And Washington's hands are tied. We make the laws in this country. There's only one thing to do. And he'll do it with one of the toughest fighter pilots who ever lived. Retired Colonel Chappie Sinclair. You know, your dad understands a lot about people's dignity. That's the last kind of person in the world
2: I'm going to see locked up in some stinking cage somewhere.
1: You think with the right plan, it'd be simple
0: to go in and get him? Probably. What's going on? Look, I'm telling you right now, I bet you can get a plane. Bingo! We're in! Are you wide enough to get me a couple of pilots, too? I've got three times as many hours on that simulator as most pilots flying falcons on this base right now. I'll test you out on some live (laughs) targets. You may know how to fly... Now he must learn how to fight. Watch you concentrate. Yeah, all right, right,
1: we're going.
0: Everyone told them to sit tight and wait.
1: Heat up from here on out.
0: For them, waiting time is over.
1: Okay. Hey. One,
0: They're going in against the clock. One. In a pair of borrowed F-16s. One mission. One heart. I just worry about the pre-bags that get up. I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Climb, climb.
0: Yeah. Academy Award winner Louis Gossett Jr., Jason Gedrick, Iron
2: Eagle. Doug Masters is a hotshot civilian pilot hoping to follow in his father's footsteps. Veteran U.S. Air Force pilot, Colonel Ted Masters. His hopes are dashed when he receives a notice of rejection from the Air Force Academy. Making matters worse is the news that his father has been shot down and captured by a fictional Arab state, which is totally not based on Libya. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie?
1: <laughs> How, um, <laughs> look, let's let's get it out of the way. This felt very comfortable because it's like an episode of the Eighteen. That the the, the effects, everything. But one thing that stood out for me more than anything at the start of this is that Colonel, who when <laughs> obviously right, so I'm, I'm jumping a bit too far there. But basically, his friends. Um, what's he? What's the lad called? Uh, Doug Masters, Doug Masters, Dougie there, Dougie's mate. I did notice that one of his friends, I think it's R- Reggie, is the guy out of Team Wolf. Michael J. Fox's best mate in Team Wolf. Yeah. Um, I know he's that straight away because I remember that really well. Um, but what was funny was when they're together, they're like the fucking T-birds, aren't they? They've all got these jackets yeah, the the Eagles. on, the flight and they're like a little social club. But they have <laughs> access to these multi-million-pound aircraft and nobody bats an eyelid at these guys. And then, I mean, Doug trying to fight that guy who's giving him shit, who's basically like Johnny out of The Karate Kid, is you know, with Daniel and Johnny. This rivalry <laughs> at the petrol station was pure 80s fucking bullshit. But it just felt dead familiar. It, it, even though it's different characters, I was like, this is um, Karate Kid, this is all them sort of movies around that time. It didn't feel different. And um, yeah, it was quite interesting. But I mean, he... Doug he's a terrible actor, he's an awful actor in this, that Jason <laughs> <laughs> Gedrick, but uh, yeah, I wasn't that impressed. Anyway, sorry, Glynn, what did you think of it, mate? Uh,
3: to be honest, I, 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 I did like it. I, I watched it a while back and I couldn't get into it, but when I watched it today, I did actually still enjoy it, like I used to, but obviously the acting's terrible and and the exploding bullets, <laughs> when he fires the bullets and the whole <laughs> tower explodes, I mean, I don't know what those sort of bullets they are, but they're impressive. I mean, and they keep using the same F-16 rollover footage every
1: time he does a roll, it's exactly the same bit of video, but I suppose it's all the same budget and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I did still really enjoy it, if I'm honest. Well, what, what you know, I was going to ask you, Glenn, you know, obviously someone who's in the military now, how are then realistic to stuff like that? You know, like obviously, cause I know it's not realistic, but the, is there anything that you would say touches a nerve? The, officer, you know? the officer's kids, obviously... There's no way they'd be able to hang to a computer and get planes, but they do just sort of do whatever
3: they want on the base because the mums and dads are like the people who run the base, so they wouldn't be allowed in classified areas, but I suppose if they were going to see the parents, then they'd probably be able to. But they, and they certainly wouldn't be left alone while he goes and cleans the shirts or whatever to access anything he wants. But <laughs> they, they do sort of mess around on the base because the mums and dads are the ones who are sort of running everything. So in that mm. aspect...
1: It's quite interesting, Yeah. Yeah, because the one that got me is the guy with the glasses, the cliché nerd with the glasses, who's obviously the IT specialist in and stuff, you know, like, he's the, the, the nerd of the gang, but he can he can basically infiltrate the US Army's base. I love that. The computer system is shit, and he's straight in it because he's got a pair of glasses on. So, uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a mix of every kind of character in his little group. What did you think, Dave? Right, without the
2: nostalgia you can sort of see that this film is just a slice of the eighties. It's taken elements of like star Wars elements of karate kid. There's a bit of top gun in there as well because of the planes, but it just mashes it all together. I think objectively, this is a pretty bad movie, but I have to say I do find it quite entertaining. I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. I, I think the whole thing about rushing this through production to, to, beat Top Gun makes sense because all all the stuff at the start could have been taken from any kind of teenage movie. He just, he just happens to be on an air force, but he's got the whole uh, thing with his, with his rival who's beeping his horn at his girlfriend and what have you. And then they decide to have this, what was it? It wasn't snake pass. Was it? It, it the snake or whatever? You've got this plane, in a race against a bike and you're like this is a kids movie yeah. <laughs> that was my first clue it was like okay just put logic and believability to the side because it's clearly like a a wish fulfillment movie it's almost like I, I remember Flight of the Navigator you know it's like I, as a kid you want to do this despite the fact the actors are all clearly mid 20s to 30s <laughs> <sort of thing, laughs> playing as high schoolers but um, no, I, th- I thought, I thought the rivalry with you know the other kid at school would would go on, but it, it just seemed to be there for a bit of I don't know to show us that he's got balls or something, and then and then that whole high school thing was put to the side. <laughs> so no, I, I, I again I can't argue that this movie is good, but I did find it entertaining. Yeah. What I liked about the race was when when his gas thing went and
3: there was all smoke and he was going to die. All his mates were saying, "Be careful, stop! You've got a land. And then when he started winning, they were all cheering on It's like, "Oh, just matter if you die now, just winning the race."
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's the fact not, that the, it, the plane has to go fast enough to gain flight. <laughs> and you can see, I mean, the shot is quite good. I, th- I think when you've got the, the bike and the plane side by side, but I can't shake reality that much where I'm just thinking that plane is going so slow. It's likely to drop out the sky. <laughs> yeah, There's <laughs> just no way a fucking bike could outrun a plane like that.
1: No, there isn't, but I've been it on a, a very important point for the whole movie. It has Why I felt it felt like the 18 was because then bullets blew everything up. doesn't matter what it is. A cardboard box, it was that fucking it exploded like a firework. It doesn't matter what it is. The bullets were just like rocket. I don't know what was in, and there was something in them, them bullets that <laughs> blew everything up. But you're right, that bit's quite funny. But one of the things that tickled me is when Doug's dad gets taken down Ted, we see it obviously at the start, and he's like, you know, this is top... Hotshot pilot. Doug isn't that fucking arsed about his dad being taken hostage and he may never see him again. He goes to the prom, he's chatting away, his mate, the guy, the um, one of you in the crew does the the rose trick and goes, Hey, check this out and fires the water in his face. Literally five minutes early, he's just been told that his dad's been shot down, he may never (laughs) see him again. (laughs) Not (laughs) only that, it's the way it it
2: cut as well. Yeah. They they were beating the shit out of his dad. And then he's at the prom. <laughs>
3: You're laughing. <laughs> but, but his his mum told him to go to the prom, didn't she? So he's just doing yeah. what his mum
1: said. So. <laughs> Very good, Glenn. He's he defending his all day. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you keep mentioning the A-Team. I have not chance to check it, but isn't the guy who caught Marshalls them or is going to call them at the end? Is he not the guy who's chasing the A-Team? Oh, you've got me there, Glenn. It's Colonel Decker. That was my little piece at the end. You're right. It was because the music I sounded like know- the A-Team.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's the
1: same guy, I was meant to. No, it is. 100% it's Colonel Decker, because I've got every A-team on uh, D- DVD. I've watched them back to front, so it's 100% Colonel Decker. The same one who, every time they're in a city, and you, the he e comes, like, literally the wrong time as they're leaving, and then Hannibal waves or or smokes a cigar or whatever. But yeah, he's Colonel Decker. I think it changed in the later series, <laughs> but he was the main one for the first three series, Colonel Decker. So And um, it's funny, because the A-team... Music sort of playing when they're on trial, and I—I even put in my notes. I've got it in front of me. A team, Colonel Decker. Is this a crossover? But he's called General Edwards in this. So, um yeah, <laughs> legend. Good spot, though, Glyn. The
3: doctor from Face Off is in the second one as a Russian violin.
1: Face off. You know the doctor film? that
3: does the yeah. operation on them. Yeah, yeah, he's The
1: second one. Oh, that's brilliant! Absolutely brilliant! And, and just getting back to it. What I love is you've got David Suchet there. Now, I, I won't ruin it, I won't, because I've, I've watched um, Top Gun Maverick, right? But in these movies from the 80s and that, there has to be a protagonist, do not there? Like, you look at stuff like Rambo 3, it was the Russians, and he was with the Taliban fighting you the Russians. You mean Russian. an
2: antagonist?
1: That's it as well, that one as well, Dave. Um, <laughs> but you've always you've always got to name them. Now, Top Gun Maverick is amazing. You both haven't seen it, so i not seen anything, but... It's the first movie I've ever seen where they don't name who they're fighting against, and it's something that in every movie going forward they won't actually have an enemy by country or religion or anything because they're just not doing that now in movies. And it's quite good because you don't twig it until sort of the end of what's going on. no, you don't even know who they are <laughs> they're fighting. So they're not going to do that anymore. You know, it's usually America v the world, and we're the best army in the world. So in this, you've got the second one, David Suchet, again, you know, where are they from? Is it it supposed to be an Arab state and he's doing the accent and everything? You're like, oh, my God, these people got such a bad rub in the 80s. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a fictional state, but it's clearly Libya. Yeah. I mean, he's dressed almost Gaddafi like uh, Gaddafi, isn't yeah. he? You know, <laughs> and he's got got the accent, You know, it, it's it takes you out a bit because you're expecting him to be Poirot, aren't you? Like twiddling with his moustache and stuff. <laughs> but I I thought it was I, I mean, so unbelievably 80s the way even when he's getting beaten up, he won't bow to to these guys because he's American, and you just think, especially in this time in the 80s. The Americans can 't figure out if they are the greatest country and land in the world or they are the most incompetent bunch of buffoons, because the actual American air Force, when the kids are just overtaking it and you know just pissing about you know throwing fireworks, and everyone thinks you know they're getting shot at, and it's like, "Oh, this is funny, isn't it?" <laughs> it just makes them look stupid, it makes them look what completely incompetent.
3: Well, the U.S. Air Force were going to consult on this film, but when they read about them hacking into the base and everything, they refused because they didn't want to look stupid. So that's why they
1: dropped out. Yeah, because they used the Israeli fighters, didn't they? Sorry, Dave, cut across to the F-16s because the U.S. Army didn't want to be associated with someone getting into their base and stealing the planes. So uh, it's interesting that. And I will say, Chappie, what a guy. He can actually put his hands and keys on. He's obviously got every key to multi-million pound planes. And bombs as well. I can just willy nilly <laughs> let Doug go and do target willy-nilly. practice. willy nilly do <laughs> target practice in the desert and nobody bats an eyelid. I love that. I love that proper eighties. Oh, it doesn't fucking matter if it's an F sixteen. It's only cost millions and millions of pounds. Let the kid have a go in it. I love that. It's proper eighties bloody uh, storytelling. It's brilliant. Well, I noticed it like
3: all like Top Gun as well where. The planes are supposed to be mixed but because the cold war was still going on russia wouldn't let anyone use their planes so the ones in top gun are Northrop f5s i think and the ones in this film are Saab vegans i think they're called
1: oh, the L, but dolly's air because because obviously russia was still at war with
2: america so they wouldn't let their actual planes be featured in anything good job we've moved on from that isn't it <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, you've just watched Top Gun Maverick, Chris, haven't you? Yeah. That futuristic plane in that, the Chinese thought that was real and moved satellites it and stuff. Did they? Yeah.
1: It's brilliant. There's two. Yeah, there's some brilliant uh, planes in it. Really good. I but I recommend it. I know it's spoke to you both off podcast, but anyone listening gotta go and see it guys it's unbelievable film
2: I I can't believe the fucking face turn on you I know I know fucking Top Gun is shit and then you're like oh it's the best thing in the world no
1: no Maverick (laughs) is not Top Gun but Maverick (laughs) is it's a brilliant I love Tom Cruise anyway because I love that they always say he does his own stunts and that's it last week but honestly please both of you don't watch it at home or anything you've got to watch it in the cinema because these things that happen in the movie and you're moving with him in the seat, even though it's like you're in four days. Brilliant. Really, really good film. And it did tear me up as well. I'm getting a bit sentimental in my old age. So I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> I'm from someone who never would shed a tear. Now I'm, I was sat there looking for the whole movie, but he bubbling up. Luckily it was dark and no one saw me. But uh, anyway, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film. And I am an absolute two-faced bastard, today. but there you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, you know, I was just looking up that notcher who was uh, Doug's rival. He was 32 when this film was shot.
1: <laughs> no shit. No shit. Unbelievable. I think Doug but, was only 21, you know, the the, the actor.
2: Yeah, I think he looked a bit bit older. But, I mean, from the trailer, I thought he looked older. But you could tell with his acting. You know, people yeah. go on about Mark Hamill in uh, the original Star Wars being whiny. But Doug, Jesus Christ, he he ramps it up to 11, doesn't he? But what I found most hypocritical of all, out of everything in the movie, is his dad. You know, he's, he's literally taking him up there for flying lessons. You know, he's in the Air Force. He's sneaking him in. And then when they get down you know, the guy's, uh, his boss is sort of saying, oh, I heard some music up there. In other words, he's on to And then they walk about 10 yards and he just takes his helmet off in full view of everyone. And then he's like, when are you going to learn some responsibility? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're the one who's just brought your son to work and fucking jeopardized <laughs> your whole Air Force career. So again, it was just... I kept getting yanked back into reality, and then I had to keep reminding myself, no, this this is a kid's film. I mean, I didn't look at the rating, actually, but I, I'm saying it's a kid's film. I, I, I'm assuming it's a PG. must be a PG. Well, do you know what this one? I mean? know. It, it says it's 15 here. Yeah, I
1: think I, I was going to say, I thought it was a 15, but I don't know why there's nothing in it. No, there's
3: nothing
1: oh, in I, I don't even, shouldn't I don't forgive even forgive make it, <laughs> Yeah,
3: I, 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 I don't know
1: that one, because... Because what's interesting as well is you say that like obviously Doug's spinach and Doug's, you know, thing is he can't hit a fucking band over a banjo unless he's got <laughs> his fucking Walkman on and Chappie oh, it's the best Walkman ever. <laughs> Him and Chappie are talking like they're not in a plane going fucking so many G-force or whatever. And there's no sound or anything around them. And they're just chatting, aren't they, With, in this weird position where they're sat right back as if they wouldn't, as if they look, they're driving, but they've got to look up to the sky. It's a really weird position they're in. But the music, he, how can he hear that walkman? And he's like, oh, and then he plays a song that he goes, oh, I like this one. I'm like, fuck off. I'm not having that. I'm not paying any of that. But as soon as he puts the music on, Queen comes on. It's a fucking bullseye every time. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
2: What a great trope, though. (laughs) It's fantastic, isn't it? Again, it's just wish-fulfillment. It's just like, I'm shit, but give me some rocking fucking queen, and I am the fucking shit, you know what I mean? I can hit a a target from 200 miles or something. It is just absolute nonsense, but I loved it. And, And obviously now, you know, you've got kind of Bluetooth headphones and everything, but I was thinking if I'd have seen that, in the mid eighties, that little contraption that he just fixes around his leg. I'd have been looking around the local market to see if I could get one. Cause I just thought that was so cool. And you say about Chappie, I mean, when he thinks, I mean, jumping forward a little bit, but when he thinks Chappie's been shot down and he's like, Chappie, <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> acting ever. But I just couldn't help but laugh at it. But then you almost get Chappie's force ghost. He becomes Obi-Wan Kenobi he because the tape <laughs> switches immediately to a pep talk from Chappie and, and how, what his tactics should be and how he's going to achieve his mission and everything. I was like, is this in his head or is this on the cassette? And I think it was supposed to be on the cassette, but I don't know how the cassette just jumped forward to when Chappie was going to get
1: killed. <laughs> what we're
3: getting to know is like how emotionally attached is the chapter, he's only known
1: him two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's a long lost son, he never knew he wanted but,
2: <laughs> but it's like again, I'll 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 make the Luke Skywalker parallel. Luke, you know, can't believe he's gone when Ben Kenobi gets killed. Yeah, his uncle and aunt, who got fucking fried and murdered, <laughs> he's forgotten about them in two seconds. So, again, I, I think it's just one of those things in the 70s and the 80s. You just have to forget about reality. And, oh, he's got this emotional attachment with him, you know. And he I have to say, you know, Louis, Louis Gossett Jr., right, compared to everyone else in this movie, he's just so damn good. You know, and some of the lines that he delivers about uh, some of the tough love that he's giving Doug about, you know, um, these kids all thought I was ready, but they're dead. And I had to pull their guts out, (laughs) or spilling guts everywhere. Can't remember exactly what the lines were, but I do think he he stood out massively in this.
3: Morgan, Morgan Freeman auditioned for that role.
1: I read that. Yeah, yeah. So what are you thinking about all this in the middle, well, middle towards the three-quarter mark then, Glenn. Anything stand out for you?
3: I mean, I don't know how he, I, I'm not entirely sure he'd be able to talk. Like when he's conversed with the enemy and they, they talk to each other, I don't think they'd be able to talk to each other as far well as I'm aware mm. Like I've been in airplanes and they wouldn't sort of, I've, I, when I was an aircraft like you were, and I'm pretty sure they'd be on different frequencies, so they wouldn't be able to talk to each other and say, I'm such and such. And yeah. And then he's just so cocky considering his dad's a fighter pilot and he got shot down, like, within a few minutes. He's, he's hell-bent on, I'm going to take this guy down who's probably been flying for 30 years or something.
1: But, <laughs> Glenn, he spent more time in the flight simulator than anybody on this airbase. That's what gets me. It's like me saying, I've played Call of Duty more than soldiers, so I'm definitely going to be a crack shot with a sniper. Hey.
2: <laughs> I have played a lot of FIFA, so that makes me qualified to be better than Ronaldo. Hey,
1: I've, I've watched a lot of fucking Paul, but it doesn't mean I'm mean Digley Day?
3: I tell you what, I was I was sort of I was in the army but my brother was in the special forces and when I used to play Call of Duty with him, it was like a different world. He he was listening for footsteps in the game. Was it? And he was so good he would know you were coming upstairs and something, even though it's a game. It was it was surreal to play someone who sort of that intensely into it and he said I heard you coming upstairs that's why I shot you and I was <laughs> like it's a, it's a game folks how the hell does it
1: <laughs> elite, elite. What, what were you in then Glenn I was a military policeman but my brother was uh, in the RAS special forces he, he was in uh, Bosnia and, and Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff elf, that's he was proper problem. hardcore 60 people started
3: and I think 5 people
1: passed yeah, That is hardcore, isn't it? Respect, mate. Respect. Yeah. Big stuff. So anyway, sorry, I know they're taking on a diversion there, guys. Sorry. But I'd say what absolutely made me cry laughing at the end is when he's doing the rescue mission for his dad, and it's one plane which has got unlimited fuel obviously these these short it flew from california <laughs> yeah <it> flew <laughs> from california <laughs> <laughs> fucking 10,000 miles and it still going without refueling it's just never ending it's, it's just a spaceship it's when to get his dad i couldn't understand they got his dad in the in the the Jeep and they're like, right, go, go. And his dad, I mean, his dad's not really with the his dad was quite an unlikable character. I wasn't a big fan of his dad all the way through. I thought he was a bit of a dick, his dad. Trying to be the like, play the hard, hard-nosed American, you know, on patriotic till the end and all this stuff. But when he comes down like obviously, we did hard ticket to Hawaii the other week, and then <laughs> girls used that plane like it was a car. They could stop it on a sixpence and take off fucking on a sixpence. Doug does the same, doesn't he? Lands the plane. No problem at all. And his dad gets shot. He's up again. You know, and it's just like, they're going up and down. No problem at all. I just think it was brilliant. And when the and, and what you said, Glyn tickled me at the end, because this is what I said, the 18 reference was, he's shooting things in the air on that base and literally one <laughs> bullet. The, the, the editing's terrible because the second he fires the bullet, there's no sort of tension, you know, like seeing the bullet or seeing the people firing, then it blows up. He literally presses the button for the bullet, and then we click straight to a, you know, the SAMs on the floor, you know, the the, the missile launchers and all that, and they're blowing up instantly, and there's no time to it. It just happens instantly. I love that. It was proper 80s, and then things were blowing up. That just wouldn't blow up, but it blew up anyway. Absolutely brilliant.
3: They refueled on the way over, and they refueled on the way back, so it wasn't unlimited fuel, cuts.
1: Oh, did they? Yeah. I've missed that, Glenn. I've missed that. I must that. have fell uh, uh, asleep there watching, as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was making too many notes about his dad. You've got me there, Glenn. I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go back now and watch that bit because I didn't see that properly.
3: Yeah, because he, he refuel on the way over, with him and Chappie, and then when they get rescued by the other
1: Americans, he says we're really low on fuel. And he says, don't worry, we've got a tanker on standby. Oh, he did. he did. Sorry, you did. You're right, because yes... So, when he escapes with his dad, I love the fact that all of a sudden they're on, Amer- they're on international waters, aren't they? Um, international land, and the four planes come and they start having a go at the two guys who are about to take him out. Yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. Because they come in straight away, don't they? Saying who they are and all this sort of thing. But I think as well, like David Suchet's character in that, like obviously, these are bits in the movie where he looks like he, he seemed like not a nice guy, but he looks like he's got a conscience. But. Given the last 10 minutes, he goes maniacal. He goes full on, you know, dictator, uh, warmonger, you know, everything. He just completely sort of changes. But through the movie, there is a little bit of not redemption, but there's a little bit of his character there. He sort of tries to um, get a common ground with Doug's dad, Tony Ted, but Ted's having none of it. And then he's just like, right, kill them both. So, yeah, it's quite interesting, his character arc in this movie.
2: I thought he was just stereotypical... Arab bad guy to be honest. It, it, just the way he was played and, and the dad being a total douchebag. I, I think he was just playing America. He was playing like, you know, that we know the best. You know, we're not gonna bow down and you know, he, he's kind of like saying, you know, the bad guy Poirot, he's saying that uh, uh, you invaded our sovereign nation or something like that. <laughs> and it's just it's just all very cliched. But again, that's for me what made it fun, and and like I say, I'm surprised it's not a kids' movie. Um, but I, I do just think this was full of tropes, and and that was part of the entertainment for me. But I, I, the one thing I was going to say is, I thought the soundtrack. I mean, One Vision stands out, doesn't it? Massively, yeah. as as you know, as soon as he, as soon as that music kicks in. It just elevates everything, you know, and you, you're suddenly like, oh, yeah, get in, go on, shooting down. But I thought all the way through the film as well, um, you know, all the music was good. You had a bit of Twisted Sister in there. We're not going to take it as well. Yeah, had a uh, bit Tina Turner, bit of James same, Brown. Tina Turner, one of the my and the
1: Snake was good as
3: well.
1: Yes, it was, You're right. Proud Mary, Tina, was one of my favourites. I love that tune, so... You're right. I think that's one thing you'd said, Glenn, as well is the, and you just said that the soundtrack's really good and that, that elevates it. When the queen stuff comes mm. in one vision, that is a great way that it kicks in. It really does go yeah. with, with the actual scene. It's not just a throwaway song. It works perfect, to be honest. And I think that elevates it slightly, anyway, on the action. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's got a really, really good soundtrack. I'll
3: tell you what, Flyer got out of his uniform and into a flight suit quick on that runway, didn't
1: he? <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knew
2: what was coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but honestly, I think, and I think as well is as it comes to sort of the end of the movie, it is proper 80s, isn't it? You know, like, I love the way at the end, it almost reminded me of Police Squad when... They're all there. His dad's got his arm in his sling. They're all there. Obviously, Cappy's there. Full war thing. They've had this sort of trial. And the Colonel Decker off the 80, as you said before, Glenn, He gives it to him, and he sort of gets away with it. And all the, you know, the the T birds are all there, but he hugging him, and they're all laughing and <laughs> joking and all this stuff. And then it's, at the end, as it pans out, and they're all hugging each other, and it just reminded me of police squad. I was waiting for them to all just stop and pretend to stand still. Because it was proper yeah. cheesy. It was proper <laughs> cheesy. But, and we both, yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than I probably should have done. It's a pretty poor film, but I think because of the nostalgia of it being the 80s and everything, and and there's always got to be a baddie somewhere on the lines. I, I did enjoy it more than I thought, to be honest.
2: Now, Glyn, have you got any other points before we get into our final review? Uh, no, no,
3: because I mean... From what you
1: said before that the VHS cover is definitely I
2: think everyone will have seen the VHS cover before. Defo. Defo. Yeah. It's excellent. I, I don't think I don't think I've seen this on like terrestrial TV or anything. You know, things like Officer and a Gentleman, uh Top Gun, you know, they were always on on TV, weren't they? You know, after yeah. nine o'clock like I just don't think Iron Eagle ever made that rotation.
1: No.
3: I would spawn three sequels because I've looked into the budget and the money. And I mean, it made a lot on home video, but not to make three sequels. I wouldn't have thought. So I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. It made 24 million in America, 10 million on VHS offered 80 million pound budget. So it wasn't even a huge profit to begin with.
2: Yeah. Mm. It's weird, isn't it? Maybe, maybe they were trying to just capitalize on top gun so they were trying to look and say okay we didn't make that much but we missed this wave but if we release a second one you know maybe we'll catch that that Top Gun wave
1: Mm. yeah and it's in the zeitgeist isn't it Top Gun was an interesting movie wasn't it so I remember that one with Clint Eastwood about the planes as well was that early 80s I can't remember the bloody name of it Firefox Firefox yeah I remember that one but uh, no interesting so anyway guys shall we get into our review scores let's go So, Glenn, do you want a rundown of the scores, my friend?
3: Yeah, go on, just
2: because you always mess it up, so I want to hear <laughs> <laughs> you it.
1: You want to see me day on comics, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, so...
2: That was hard going, that one. Oh, it?
1: that was terrible. <laughs> uh, if it's the best thing you've ever seen, you said it's a Pleasantville. If it's a great movie, but it's just below that, we send it to Atlantis. No, we don't send it to Atlantis. It we don't. send it to Pleasantville. Cloud City. No, I've got wrong, have It's Cloud City. Then Pleasantville. Fucking hell. Right, anyway. It's
3: probably the worst <laughs> you've ever done, isn't it? <laughs> that is it its the is. worst I've ever it's
2: done. Breaking under the pressure. Oh, the bottle. <laughs> the bottles gone <laughs> <hit>. right. So,
1: <laughs> let me do that again. If it's the best thing you've ever seen, it goes to Cloud City. If it's just below that, it's Pleasantville. If it's in the middle, it's Hill Valley. If it's becoming a bit of a turkey... We send it to Elm Street, and it was the worst thing you've ever seen. It goes off to Alderaan to be blown up and never seen again. So, Glenn, as you're our guest, mate, where are you going to put this from?
3: It's going straight to Cloud City for me. I mean, I didn't know whether I would enjoy it as much as I did when I watched it today, but it, apart from, obviously, the, the exploding bullets and things that were in every 80s film, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, so
1: it's going straight to the top for me. Good man, good man. What about yourself, Dave?
2: I think for me, I, I said it at the top. I, I think objectively, this is really not a good movie at all, and and all kinds of holes in it. I think the acting's terrible, but it's just so much fun. <laughs> I just think it's absolute nonsense. We've talked about you know the soundtrack as well, and just some of the tropes that you have all the way through the movie. Some of the things that it's borrowed from other movies as well. But for me, I think I'm going to put it right in the middle. I'm going to kind of offset that, you know, objectively. Not great movie, but it is a lot of fun. So I'm going to put it in Hill Valley. How about yourself, Chris?
1: Well, 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 well. Um, I enjoyed it. I think it's terrible as well. But to be fair, Glenn, and I will say this, I made the mistake of watching the original Top Gun because we were going to watch Maverick. Then I watched, sorry, I watched Iron Eagle, then I watched Top Gun, then I watched Maverick. So I'm, I'm completely, I don't know how I've done this in the space of like 24 hours, but I'm all planed out, you know, literally watched probably three iconic movies one way or the other. So I think its it's got some 80s class stuff, really, as the exploding bullets are brilliant. The acting is so hammy, but it just did feel dead comfortable. I was watching, I was like, this doesn't feel like I'm watching something where we sat there going, oh my God. However, however, it's not, terrible at all, Glenn, so I'm not going to do that to you, but I'm sending it to Elm Street. So I'd be interested to watch the second one, because I've got a feeling, I saw the budget's about 10 million, which is 14 million lower than oh, the this. box so office are the, the plane Yeah, well, are the planes like fucking Superman <laughs> 2? Is there just someone on a piece of string pulling it along? I don't know where oh, we're going to go with the second one.
2: You mentioned about oh. Superman 2. So the guy who directed it Whose name I'm feverishly trying to pull up now. I noticed he'd done Superman Four, <laughs> you know the oh, canon one. Sydney
1: uh, Fury. So Sydney Fury. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, he
2: does Superman Four. So Max will, uh, Max will enjoy that one. You know he's bit new to Is that the guy who did this one, Sydney Fury?
3: Yes. And eagle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's he wrote it things. as well. Oh my God, that is absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you.
3: I'll one. give you a quick gist of the second one. Uh, Jason Gedrick, Doug, Doug
1: Masters gets killed by Russians at the start. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <then> the Americans team, the Americans <laughs> team up with the Russians as if that would happen. Yes, well, Like, I,
3: literally straight afterwards.
1: And that would have been that would have been around the Cold War as well. So yeah, that's uh, a different take on it. I'd be interesting to watch it though. Just, just go, oh my god, I
3: mate. can't remember the third one, but I do think it in, involves
1: biplanes. Oh no. Right. Well, the fourth one, I don't, well, that's going to probably involve gliders by the sounds of it. So we'll see how the budget does. Okay. It'll be more just stock
2: footage, won't it? Yeah, it will. <laughs> it will.
1: So anyway, thank you today, Glenn. But before we go, we say goodbyes. Dave, what are we doing next week, my friend?
2: For next week, what we're going to do is we're going to have a crossover with our good friend and Patreon, Jack who started up the Back to the Filmography podcast, which basically is going to look at the whole filmography of a particular uh, actor or director or writer. And he's actually starting off with Jason Statham. And I believe it's yourself, Chris, who's going to guest with Jack. And uh, I'll just put my feet up next week. And it is going to be the, <laughs> the 2001 movie, Mean Machine. Now let's get into the trailer. London Crown Court this morning, ex-England football captain Danny Meehan was jailed for three years. Not dangerous, are you, Mr. Footballer? Only if you've got the ballness. Governor wants you to coach my
0: football team. I just want to do my time and get on with my life. Oh! If you don't play ball you could be with us for some time listen tell the governor the best way to train the guards is to play a really tough match against a team of cons could be win-win for everybody what we need is eleven
2: men to play as a team, right? Right. Yes. It's lovely, Dan. It will it. How young, Dan? The diary.
1: I'm, I'm yeah. the manager. Since when? Massive is your man. We still need a goalkeeper. The That dude is
0: beyond mental. I heard he ate Hannibal the cannibal. Hello, Mr. Mum. Can you play for Playing the guards. <laughs> I'm with you. Let's win and let's win well. Getting hot out there, Bob? Oh, yeah, Bob. It's very Rio de Janeiro. Lose. It's basically a And I'll never yes. let you forget it. Go. Oh. Is that all right, though, Dan, yeah? Cream. All right, lads. You want to be nothing. Numbers, prisoners, that's fine. Run your guts out, and you'll have something in here that can never touch. We'll give you a match. You'll give us a game? Mm-hmm. Doubt would you can match us. Oh, come on! Just look at our boys' death out all in black. Very hopeful. No, it's definitely black, Bob. Boy, Mr. Sykes, you look the part. All you need now is a... I think it's in everyone's interest if you lose this game. I can't do that.
2: You're unbelievable. Still nil-nil, but if this was boxing, the Mean Machine would be head
0: on point. So you get out there and hurt some people.
1: You know, what's going to be the best bit of acting? Fucking Vinnie Jones pretending he can actually play football. That's the best bit of acting (laughs) in that one. Have you never seen that? I have seen it once, but obviously you know my love for Burt Reynolds, the original Mean Machine, or Longish Yard as it was called in America, is still one of my favourites. But I did enjoy this because you're right, it's basically lock, stock and snatch. They're all in it. The guy who Brad Pitt fights, the big rugby player who's from up up Mm. this way, I think you play for St. Ellen's and stuff. He, he's there in the changing room. obviously, stay firm. You've got the guys out of lockstock and everything. So, and these he's the one of the wardens is the guy out of Kingsman as well. You know, the one who, um, Karen fights his he, mum's with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's one of the guys, he's the guy who got the ball with ball in his balls. Then, so you've got the proper Cockney <laughs> Mafia in this. So, yeah, I've seen I've maybe seen it twice, but I have enjoyed it. And I, I do like the Adam Sandler one, to be honest, as well. Because Burt Reynolds is in that, he's in it as the old guy. Mm. He's no, Hatcher
3: he, and Dean in uh, Green Street, isn't he? Hatcher Green That's it. The one.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one, Glenn, definitely. But no, good stuff. Good stuff that. So anyway, Glenn, thank you so much for coming on, mate. We appreciate it. It's been good fun today. Where can everyone get you on nope. Twitter, mate? Uh,
3: yeah, follow me. I am trying to get to a thousand followers very slowly, but uh it's at real Glenn Davis, G-L-Y-M-D-A-V-I-S.
1: Oh, thank you, mate. Yeah, and get Glenn to a thousand come on guys. Get that's more than me, that Glenn. Get in there. Definitely. I think I'm only about 500. <laughs> so I'm get, getting there. Um, but anyway, thank you, mate. We appreciate it. And Glenn's one of our amazing Patreons. So uh, really good of you to come on today, mate. And uh, if you do want to support us, guys, get us to patreon.com forward slash VHS Strikes Back. Going to follow us on social media at VHS Strikes Back. And if you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. So today's roll call of honor is Mr. Glenn Davis. Round of applause. There you go. Round of applause you there, mate. Thank you for coming on. We've got Timothy, Alec, Paul, Carl, Matt, Heath, Dylan, Kent Lucky Lulu Green, Herb, Jax Math, Blake And Mr John Hammond, so thank you so much Guys, it's been really good of everyone supporting Us over the last few years, it's really good stuff So Dave, I've done it again What are you going to take us out with today, my friend?
2: Well, you know, I can't Let this one slide, because I've Just seen in some of the Trivia, that Chevy Chase Was considered for the role Of Doug's dad (laughs) Now that would be a very, very different movie, wouldn't it? But um, but Chris, like I say, this this film was nonsense, but I do find it fun, funny and just, uh, well, yeah, fun and funny. And just the bit where Chappie goes down in his plane is just one of the funniest things I've seen on screen because the acting is awful, but I, I love it. You know, we, we love lots of terrible things here. So I'll just leave you with this. Chappie!
1: That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build
2: a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better
1: get
0: back because it'll
2: be dark soon and they mostly
0: come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on. Wax off. To all right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. It's okay.
1: it's so bad. bad. Come so bad? You so uh, so You must be crazy something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, I You're stupid. stupid. I heavy.
0: He's a fool. i see you at six. Oh, back.